0: How do personal branding and networking work together? Welcome to Friends on Hand, a podcast where we explore the fine art of friendship. I'm Nancy Hand, social confidence and networking coach. And today, that's what we're talking about. We're talking with Brian Basilico. He is an internationally recognized speaker, author, consultant, and adjunct professor who brings over 40 years of experience to his award winning internet marketing company, B2B Interactive Marketing. Brian is also the host of the Bacon Podcast. And Bacon stands for Building Authentic Connections, Online Networking. And he's ranked, that podcast is ranked in the top 35 business podcasts by Inc. magazine. Thank you so much for being here, Brian. I'm excited about this.
1: Oh, Nancy, it's going to be a blast. Thank you.
0: So I have a few few little questions I like to, to just jump into right out the gate. And, and my first one is obviously my favorite. You are a networker. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you pop into the world that way? Or did you learn to be more gregarious and, and open to those connections? In other words, nature or nurture? Uh, it's, it's
1: kind of a combination of both. Um, I am a musician. So since I was mm. a little kid, I've been playing guitar, you know, even at, uh, I, I think I came out of my mother's womb, strumming a broomstick to elvis <laughs> um so i've always been one of those you know but i've been shy you know my entire life i was never really you know the 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 brightest kid or the most you know well liked kid and you know but as i grew older i realized that relationships are the currency of business. So if I was going to make it in my own business, I had to learn how to build good quality relationships. So mm. I think it's a combination of both.
0: Yeah, I love that. So you did do some learning. How did you do that?
1: Um just by getting out there. Uh I was not I was not really into the networking scene. Mm-hmm. But as, as I started running my business, I, I started going to different networking events and, you know, I made all the same mistakes that everybody does, you know, it's like, hi, I'm Brian, here's my business card, call me, you know, it's <laughs> like, um, and it, it took the longest time to finally figure out, Hey, that does not work, you know, and I've been to a lot of, um, you know, organized networking, not organized networking and, you It was just a learning process of of who was successful. Really what it boiled down to was looking at the people that were most successful at doing it and then asking them questions and learning Mm. from them and trying to figure out what made it work. And when I started to see the most successful people and started to emulate them and, and, you know, start to learn from them, I started to become a better networker. And that's that's really what it took. So it was modeling.
0: I love that. So what do you what do you what draws you to other people? What what is the kind of the key that that makes Brian go, oh, you know what? I want to talk to this person. Well,
1: it's you know, it's a sixth sense. It's I think the first thing is and we talked about this. You were on my podcast. Mm -hmm. There's a certain kind of radar that I think people have. And I can kind of smell authenticity. You can tell when somebody is really the honest, caring, you know, giving type that really is not in it for something for themselves. And I think that's the first thing that really draws me to people is, you know, they have an ability to to teach you something, to give you something and not expect anything else in return. So that's the first thing i look at is, do, you know, is there a way, you know, relationships aren't based on trade. Relationships are based on emotion. So, mm-hmm. you know, is there an emotional connection that I can help this person, this person can help me. And even if it's a short-term thing or a long-term thing, is there is there value for both of us in it? I think that's really the key.
0: Ah, you just, you just brought up another question that I didn't think about before. So when you're out there and you're networking mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe somebody doesn't, doesn't seem like they'd be a good business connection. Are you, are you, um, is it on your radar to make a friend? Maybe somebody's not going to be sending business directly to you, but, you know, somebody that you'd like to stay in touch with. And if so, how do you, how do you go about crafting that friendship?
1: Yeah, all the time. Um. As a matter of fact, I'm one of those kind of people. Now I'm, I'm, I'm mature in my networking. <laughs> seasoned, um, Yeah. seasoned, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, Like a steak. Um, like bacon. Yes. Um. Like bacon. Oh, absolutely. Applewood smoked, you know, it's the mm-hmm. way to go. But yeah, so I'm, I'm the person that goes and looks for the person standing around, you know, kind of looking around the room and I'll walk up and talk to him and say, Hey, you know, how you doing? I'm Brian. <laughs> you know, I'm always looking for the person that looks at a place or uncomfortable. And, you know, I try to find a way to introduce them to somebody that would be a good person for them to meet because they're walking in blind, you know. So um, at least somebody that has some kind of common connection, let's say that somebody, uh, you know, runs a a senior daycare center and this person creates food and it's like, oh, you need to meet this person because You know, there may be a potential connection there. You have something to talk about because obviously the seniors eat food and maybe you could talk about menus, you know. So I try to find a way to pair people up. And from that, usually that leads them to coming back to me and saying, hey, you know, thank you for doing that. They may connect on LinkedIn or Facebook or, you know, maybe they come back to a second meeting and they mention that. So they right. feel more comfortable. My job is to help them meet people that are going to be a good connection for them. So I'm a, I'm a connector of SINs.
0: So let's, let's talk a little bit more about that as far as, as, as showing up as your authentic self. And we, you know, mm-hmm. started this. The topic is kind of personal branding and networking. And, and part of what you do is also helping people show up. The right way to make these connections. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I say is, you are who you are when you're driving in your car, mm-hmm. and that is that you need to you need to be authentic. There's there's when we talk about branding, you know, a brand is you think about Nike, just do it, or Apple, think different. You know, it, it's it's something that brings an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people try to brand themselves as you know the thought leader or the authoritarian or you know the things like that. And what ends up happening is they they're really good salespeople, but when it gets down to actually knowing what makes them tick, they're not really connected to those two things. So in other words, authenticity is really about, you know, what are your values? You know, do you value other people? Do you value pets? Do you value the environment? You know, what things are important yes, yes. to you? <laughs> Say
0: what? Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those, if those are your values, that's authentic. But if you come across as somebody who says, I value people, and then, you know, you, you turn around and you talk to somebody else, hey, just see that one girl over there? I'm like, Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, that's the kind of person, you know, they're, they're really great and gregarious and they want to joke, but they're not being authentic. They're not really Mm -hmm. trying to uplift people. They're looking for the punchline. They're looking for the next person that's going to connect them to a million dollar deal. So I think the thing that you have to do is number one, figure out who your authentic self is first. Mm -hmm. Then from there, you know, then you start to begin to realize who you know is authentic themselves, and try to connect yourself up with people in that ilk.
0: Well, and and speaking of a million dollars, the million dollar question, and and I I teach different ways of doing it, but when you're working with somebody, how do you how do you help them to connect with that authentic self? Because frankly, we've you know, as a you know, people go through life, and we do get bumped around and knocked around, and we get shitted on. You mm-hmm. should be this way, or people like us do this this way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of um, a lot of layers of like paper mache ish kind of beliefs and inauthentic things begin to cover up that person underneath. How do you help somebody really get congruent with the the core values that they that they really hold, and and to shuck off the the things that really just don't fit?
1: <laughs> I love what you're saying. <laughs> Um, (laughs) because, um,
0: let's go deeper.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And the reason is because you say you shouldn't should all over yourself. Okay. And one of the things that (laughs) I try to teach people is, um, you know, when it comes to marketing, when it comes to branding, it's really about, you know, okay. So here's one of the ways I explain it is people listen and communicate on two different radio stations. One's called WIIAM and the other one's WIIFM. W-I-I-A-M is what is interesting about me. And the people that broadcast on that radio station really don't present the kind of caring that, is authentic, and a lot of times you'll find people doing that. It's like you know we've won such awards, and you know our our services above and beyond everything else is like you know nobody cares because what they're doing in in their messaging is they're wee weeing all over themselves. It's we do this <laughs> and we do that. So, but the people it. that broadcast on W I I F M understand the what's in it for me, and that's what W I I F M stands for. So what they're doing is they're broadcasting in a way. That's there to help people and to help them to understand how to become better themselves without expecting anything else in return, you know, mm-hmm. eventually. And this is the kind of the genre and thing that we talked about on, on my podcast with you is, you know, relationships are not a direct connection to money. Relationships are a direct connection to connections that potentially could turn into money. And, the, and, and maybe it doesn't turn into money. Maybe it turns into a friend. Maybe it turns into a golfing buddy or a baking friend, you know, or you make bread and they make jam, you know, it's like one of those kind of right. things, a roller skate and key kind of thing. So that WIIFM, what's in it for me? When you start looking at people that way on how to help them, that's where the authenticity and that's where the networking really starts to take off.
0: And it's, it's, I really truly believe where you connect with the people who are going to be more, more satisfying relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's what everybody's looking for is to feel accepted and to have peers around them who challenge them and um, really help them to, to be better. And that's it's everybody lifting everybody else up but you really do have to know who you are first or you're going to be lifting the the wrong you
1: <laughs> yeah and and you know you bring up a good point and that point is that if you're not solid around yourself you're going to take in information from other people and process it and and start to believe some of that stuff you know i mean this is this is beyond my scope i'm not a psychologist although i do um, you know, I watch the Sopranos and the you
0: Sopranos went one on TV. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I was gonna say I stayed at the holiday and express last night, but you know, <laughs> but if you watch the Sopranos, you know, it it's like it's all this whacking and killing and and gangster and murder, but the show is really about people. Yeah. and you know, the other night I was talking with my wife, and we're kind of rewatching this because we're stuck in quarantine like everybody else, and there's been seven psychologists on the show already. And they're they're basically talking about relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, and so without trying to go down the whole psychoanalyst thing is you are basically a culmination of the experiences you had in your life. And then you start to do this self-talk. And what we tend to do is we tend to connect up with people that we think are going to uh, basically uh, solidify our own internal message. What we really need to do in networking is find people that stretch us beyond our limits, people that challenge us. That's okay. one of the reasons why I say every doctor needs a doctor. Every mentor needs a mentor. Every coach needs a coach. And I've had so many coaches over the years. And I've been with this last one for about three years. And man, does she beat me up in the right mm. way. She, <laughs> she tells me you know, stop that, you know, don't shit on yourself. Don't wee-wee all over yourself. You know, you need to start, you think this way because, I mean, it went all the way back to something as simple as, you know, my relationship with money and that relationship with money started out when I was a little kid and my father almost burnt down the house. And he, you know, what happened was he pulled a, a, a truck into a garage that was heated with a gas heater that oh. had 92 gallons of of gas in it. He just filled it up and the gas expanded and the truck caught on fire and the garage caught on fire. And my father's sitting downstairs, you know, after we finally got the house back together, we could move in. And he's sitting downstairs with this lamp and he's cleaning it with a Q-tip and rubbing alcohol. And I looked at him and I said to him, why don't you just buy another one? And he turned around and got really angry at me. He says, what the hell do you think? I'm made out of money. You know, and from that point, I hated money. I hated it. And I had a negative relationship with money. And finally, it took a coach, you know, probably a psychologist could have done the same thing. But she says that story made you think about money in a way that you feel guilty taking it. And so, what you have to do is really start to think about money in a different way. What if you thought of money instead of as something that was love from your father in a q tip on a lamp? into something else, which would be a certificate of appreciation from the people that you're working with? Would that give you a better Mm -hmm. feeling for it? And I went, whoa. Yeah. You know?
0: It's a great way for people to show appreciation. I'm all Mm -hmm. for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I am too. And so, uh, but
0: that's an excellent point because you, you, you know, and it, it could be something other than money. It could be, um, you know, certain types of people or authoritarian figures or, um we all we all have those those moments and i think what you hear a lot of is let your mess become your message mm-hmm. the things the things that we are you know maybe want want to hide in the closet are the probably some of the best gifts we have to share and that's part of really knowing who you are and owning those bumps and scratches and scars that you've picked up along the way
1: yeah, but sometimes that internal talk hides it. And that's why you need to find people yes. that challenge you and people that expand you. You know, and you've heard this saying a thousand times, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yes. And that's very true. You know?
0: Absolutely. And and we have blind spots. There, I mean, there's so many things we won't see. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh sometimes sometimes there can be something definitely keeping you in your lane. <laughs> That you can't see. Yeah. And Uh, the
1: funny thing, you know, going back to the Sopranos thing, you know, it's like they almost killed Tony because they found out he was going to a shrink, you know, because it became a sign of weakness when actually it was a way for him to deal with things, you know, with his mother and all these other things. And, you know, it, it actually is a form of strength. And I think we're taught, you know, we need to be strong. We need to be, you know, powerful. We need to be a role model for our kids and our, you know, our neighborhood and our church and all these other things. And, you know, the bottom line is it's okay to be vulnerable. You know, it's okay to, to know that you have issues. And the bottom line is, you know, accept them, work on them and do the best you can. And, you know, it's like me with jogging. I, you know, my goal is to run a nine minute mile. Well, you know, I'm in, 12 minutes, 13 minutes. And it's like, no matter how hard I try, I'm not going to hit it. It doesn't mean it. I shouldn't try try to achieve it, you know, but the bottom line is you have to be satisfied with what your body is going to allow you to do. You have to be satisfied with what your mind is going to allow you to do. So in the bigger picture of networking and relationships, you know, you have to be comfortable in your own skin, but you also have to be willing to listen to people that have your best interest in mind and not surround yourself by a bunch of people that are just reinforcing those negative self images that you have.
0: Right. I I had something come to mind and I'm going to, I'm going to say it because it, it really, I think is part of this whole point. I was, I was a speaker at a conference and in the morning before, before everything got started breakfast time and I I went and I sat down at a table. It was most of the other speakers. There was one empty chair, and this gentleman came and he sat down in that empty chair and we had a lively table. It was very congenial. We're all talking to each other. I turned to him and tried to engage him in conversation and he snobbed me. I mean, full stop. And he didn't talk to anybody at the table. And um, later at the end of this thing, I was like, I wonder when he's going to speak. He was the anchor keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. And he got up there and he talked about connection. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, man, I was like it it not only bounced off me it pissed me off <laughs> oh yeah uh-uh that cuz he was a totally different person on stage than he was at the breakfast table i mean we we were all laughing and cutting up and having a good time he sat down snobbed everybody and like a pall fell over our table mm-hmm. and then he he had the nerve to get up there and talk about connection <laughs> i was like oh no you do not i almost wanted to like raise my hand like really dude <laughs>
1: Right. Well, and it it goes back to you are who you are when you're driving in your car. He was in your car. I mean, he was sitting in the seat next to you. And, you know, there was almost nothing authentic about that person. So, you know, yeah. And there's there are so many people out there that can do that, though. You know, they're great performers. That can talk the talk. But, you know, I'll give you a real life example of somebody I've interviewed and somebody I've admired for years. His name is Bob Berg. He wrote.
0: Oh, I love Bob Berg stuff. I love him yet. I want to meet him, too, though. Yeah, but you need to hook me up.
1: The whole thing about Bob is, you know, I interviewed him on my podcast and stuff like that. And I was talking with my coach and, you know, she asked me, she says, what one person can answer this question for you? And I said, Bob Berg. She says, well, send mm-hmm. him a message. So I sent him a message on LinkedIn and he responded back and said, hey, here's my personal phone number. Call me tonight. I'm open from seven to eight. And I'm going, holy crap. Awesome!" And I called him up and I asked him the question and I, I basically said, you know, how do you build authority as a speaker? And he went through this diatribe and told me about it. And I thanked him profusely. And, you know, I mean, but he gave me, you know, 15 minutes. I wasn't expecting two hours, you know, it's like the, mm-hmm. respect the man's time. But he he is the real deal. He is what he preaches. And so my, expect, my respect level for him just went through the roof. And yeah. Lord knows anytime anybody asks me what one of my favorite books is, I say The Go-Giver because that guy actually does what he says.
0: I've I have had my copy of Endless Referrals is so like I have two copies now of co- course because one has fallen apart. Uh-huh. <laughs> but and it is it's about service first, and his, right. that's his his entire um, being is is geared toward that, and and that is absolutely where you have to go with it.
1: Yeah, it's a complete antithesis. Say that word three times fast. Uh, the the gentleman antithesis. that, <laughs> the gentleman that you sat down at the table with, and I've been with those speakers too. You know, right? Um, and, and those people are, you know. And then there's the other one. The other one is the person who will sit down next to you, and they'll be gregarious and they'll tell you all these things, and they'll stand up on stage, and then you meet them on Facebook, and they're in this dark ugly mode, you know, where they're just completely, you know, what the, the, the persona that they have put out there is 180 degrees from who they really are. They're really good at it. You know, they're they're almost, um, you know, I hate to say evil, but it is It's like, you know, it, it is. Uh, there are certain people I've met that I just love, you know, it's like, hey, you're just such a great person. You want to hang with them. but They don't want to hang with you. You know, they they act like it, but they certainly don't want to sit down and have dinner with you. And mm-hmm. then when you find out the kind of the darker story of them. You know, through either other friends or experiences or things like that, it's like wow. You know, it's um. God, I'm trying to think of the movie. You know, where um, some little kid meets his hero for the first time, and finds out he's uh-huh. a drunk. You know, it's kind of like Bad Santa kind of ish. Yes, <laughs> but it's that kind of thing. It's like you know, you meet your hero, and all of a sudden, you find out the person's just a you know, right? He, you know, being average is okay, but being a complete jerk is not
0: (laughs) well and and back to that whole congruence thing if 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 somebody's living their life off that way like like with two personas and and two ways of approaching people every decision is going to be a little bit off Mm -hmm. every every choice is going to be a little bit off every connection is going to be a little bit wrong and at the end of the day you know somebody could have painted themselves into a corner and just basically ground in and stood firm on it, despite probably some inner longing to to be more of who they really are
1: mm. yeah, to
0: line up and I think that can that can be a recipe for some long term unhappiness. Better to accept the knocks and the scars and the scratches and and you know show up the right way,
1: absolutely. so that's you know that's what authenticity is is knowing who you are and Understanding. Here's one of the things I say too: is always work to your strengths and hire to your weaknesses. And Mm. you know, so my nickname is Captain Typo. That is just (laughs) I. I have that. (laughs) I have the superhero suit. I have the cape. I have the whole thing. I am. You read anything I post online, you will find you know things in it. So one of the things I have is uh, my first book that I wrote. I hired an editor. And she did an incredible job. She's fantastic at editing. I mean, she takes my thoughts and actually puts them into congruent messages because I have DDA, which is basically <laughs> ADD and dyslexia. Now, I've <laughs> never I've never been diagnosed, but I can guarantee you if I see a squirrel, I go, squirrel, you know, and uh-huh. it, it's just I, my brain just doesn't function that way. And one of the things I learned, so I'm kind of going off on some tangents. One of the things I learned about myself is that I'm an auditory learner. Um, I sucked in school. You know, I could sit and listen to a speech and I could pick up everything. But when I had to go home and read a book and study, I, I just was terrible at tests. And mm-hmm. so over the course of the years, I learned that I'm an auditory learner. I can listen to people. And so I, I've learned that audiobooks are my way of learning. And that's, that's been something that's taught me an incredible amount about myself. So being Captain Typo, i I cannot see because of that dyslexia that you know i I can read the same page and not see any of the mistakes, you know mm-hmm. the wrong words and any of that stuff. Well, it just so happens that my editor has the same disease, so my first book, <laughs> even though I read it, was fabulous. it was like, oh my God, this is incredible that I said that this is you know, and then I put it out there and and you know the people that could read they were coming oh. to me going, dude, um you got, you know, typo here. I mean, it literally became a crowdsourcing of every single day, 10 people sending me emails on page 57. You know, it was like, I had to go back and redo my book three times because it was so bad. Oh Um, my gosh. (laughs) So then I learned that not only do I have that disease, but my editor who I love has that disease. Now I found a proofreader. (laughs) So, I said I do my thing. Um, I send it to my editor. My editor sends it back to me, and then my proofreader actually finds all those mistakes. And now I have a book that is good. So you know, I've learned through evolution to deal with my weaknesses. You know, and would,
0: would you mind telling telling us a little bit about your books? Yeah, There's a lot of them. So um, just just a, a quick and dirty.
1: Yeah. Well, the first, okay. So the first book, it's not about you. It's about bacon relationship marketing in a social media world. I had this bright idea that I was going to write a book with my friend on a how to book on social media. We got through chapter three and the book was obsolete. So I went, okay, that's not going to work. Um, yeah, I don't think you've noticed that Facebook changes every day and LinkedIn and Twitter and all that stuff. So, um, so I went back and said, okay, that's not going to happen. So I wrote a why to book on relationship marketing. So what is it about relationship marketing that, you know, we need to know and included in that was networking. So really the whole book is about, you know, relationships, getting out there, meeting people and how they work. From there, um, the second book was a book called Bacon Bits. And what I did is for a year, I wrote a little simple, just 50 word networking tip. And it just, you know, one of my favorite ones is you don't have a business card, have a JPEG of your business card in your phone. And that way, what happens is, is when you meet somebody and you don't have a business card, say, what's your email address or text? And you send them that. And immediately you get their text information or their email information so you can start a relationship. And. It's a great way, you know, so, it's those kind of tips. And I wrote 365. I put it in front of a VA. She picked the top 101. I let her read it and say, you know, you tell me what you like. And she did. And so at the 101 networking tips, and that was a quickie book just from a simple blog. I did every day for a year. Um, next one was a workbook for the first book because it was being taught at college. The next one is called nice. the Bacon System. And the Bacon System was actually the way that I use content marketing, websites, Google. It's based on what I call the marketing trifecta, which is everybody needs a website. You need to have your own. You need to understand how to read Google Analytics, what's happening on the website, what's the causality of it. And then using content marketing to drive traffic to the website, that's the marketing trifecta. And the rest of the book is you know, kind of what to do, how to use social media, how to use video, how to use all those kind of things to build um, an audience, you know, and and be authentic in that audience. And then the last book that I just finished, which is going to be available very soon, if not by the time this podcast is out, is called Toilet Paper (laughs) Map. And, um, you know, Mm -hmm. I started writing this book because It's kind of the why two to the bacon system for the audience that I'm really speaking to. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason I called it toilet paper math was because of it happened during the pandemic and the toilet paper shortage. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at the toilet paper packages going, how does eight equal 36 and nine equal 128 and all this other stuff? And I started equating the fact that a lot of marketing and a lot of things that people do are there to they they make you feel like you're getting more than what you're actually getting. Um, you know, but in in reality, if you want to know the story of toilet paper, it started out by four four and a half by four and a half inches squares, and then somewhere along the line they cut it down to four point one to four point one, and now a current toilet paper square is about three point seven by four point one, and the average person uses about fifty six rolls a year, and you know, but the bottom line is they're taking less paper, putting more of it on a roll, putting more of them in there, and selling it to you, and they're charging you way more than they did before, but you feel like you're getting more because they put this big number on there. It's like when you go buy a, mm-hmm. you know, a jar of jam and it looks the same, but you're only getting 5.5 ounces instead of eight and you're paying more for it, you know, and that in marketing and in advertising and branding, that's the way a lot of people play the game. And so that's what that book is about is how to overcome that and how to be nice. authentic and how to be a thought leader and all those kind of things.
0: I love it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you have it's so much to offer here what would you go back and tell Brian at eighteen about his future in networking and socializing and making friends and you know that's a that's
1: such a tough question you know because I don't regret anything I did um everything led to making the better Brian. Um, I think that if I would have done something differently, I wouldn't be who I am today. And so, you know, did I make stupid mistakes? You know, I mean, I was, I was in bands, you know, I was, you know, I learned to network with people in a way back then that I didn't realize that would actually work today. Yeah, And I think that, um, there, the biggest thing about it is I, I, I think a younger Brian probably looked at people as a, uh, you know, a tool to an outcome. The older Brian understands that they're not a tool to the outcome. They are part of the outcome of the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think the biggest difference is, but, you know, you had to learn that. (laughs) If I Uh taught myself that way back then, would I be a millionaire today? I don't know. You know, um, you know, would I be richer? Would I be smarter? Would I be better looking? Would I be in a better place? I don't would know. Would you have
0: listened anyway, you know?
1: Yeah, probably not. <laughs> no, I was, I was a rebel. Um, I didn't listen too much. Um, but, you know, the, I think the biggest thing that I probably would say is just pay more attention. You know, that's really it. Just pay more attention to the details and what's happening and kind of, you know, be a little bit more cerebral or cerebral um, <laughs> in, in the process. Little little, was, yeah, little, little. I put the wrong emphasis on the right syllable. <laughs> um, but that, yeah. So be, you know, be more thought, you know, thoughtful about what you're doing and pay more attention to what effect you're having on other people. I think that was, you know, it, it, I tended to be very selfish when I was younger.
0: Nice. And a future looking question, which is, um, how do you see how do you see things changing going forward because of COVID? I know um, it, it's it's kind of hard to wrap my mind right now around what the long term ramifications are going to be. Are we, you know, three years from now, are people still going to be like, mm, not going to go in for the hug? Or how do, you, how do you see this shaping up and how can somebody or how would you advise somebody to stay on top of their networking game now? Because we don't know when things, if things will ever go back to the way they were before.
1: Well, I, I think the thing that we have to do again is learn from where we're at right now. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm networking a lot more on Zoom than mm-hmm. I ever did before. But sure. the thing is, is I always use Zoom. I would always use it for my coaching and my training and my, you know, so the biggest difference is I had to buy a green screen because as I was doing Zooms, people kept saying hello to my wife. And I never realized it, but she was walking in her bathrobe behind me all day long while I was doing these things, Um, you know, so. Uh, that's the authentic bottom, though, Brian, <laughs> It's
0: <true. laughs> so authentic.
1: Yeah. But the, you know, the reality of it is, is that, you know, I don't think everybody says, you know, the new normal, there is no new normal. The new normal is mm-hmm. getting up every single day, you know? So I think you know, it's going to have a major effect on kids. I think yeah. that, you know, they're, they, you know, I know that people, kids are are growing up now with masks and not being able to hug people and i think there's going to be a point where we'll be able to get back to hugging and you know but i, I think the core of who we are and what we do is not changed one bit you mm-hmm. know if anything i think that covid and the environment that we're in has brought more, and don't take this negatively, but it's a negative statement. I think it's brought more cockroaches out into the light. I think it's made people stand out more about who they are. And I I think it's really given us an opportunity to see people for who they are and what they have to offer. The helpers, You know, it's like Fred Rogers says, always look for the helpers. The helpers are the ones that are organizing, are doing things, are doers. They're, you know, and they're, they're people that are following them and, and making things happen. There are the other people that are just trying to take advantage. And, you know, so I think the key thing is just, you know, nothing's really going to change inherently But I think that you need to be more aware and pay more attention to what's going on in the world around you and the people that you connect with. That's the biggest difference.
0: Perfect. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an absolute pleasure. Um, Friends, if you want to get in touch with Brian, you can find him at www.brian.com. Basilico.com, that's B-R-I-A-N-B-A-S-I-L-I-C-O.com. I got it right, didn't I? Mm-hmm. excellent. <laughs> and if, for our listeners, if anybody, if this resonated with you and you yearn to have deeper and more meaningful friendships and more supportive professional networks, you can reach out to me. It is all about connection. Connect with me at Nancy Hand dot, or Sorry, NancyTiltonHand.com. <laughs> Um, And you can email me at nancy at nancytiltonhand.com. And remember, friendships make you smarter, happier, stronger, healthier, and wealthier, not to mention being just absolutely fun, fulfilling, and joyful. So get out there and make a friend. And I'll see you next time.